0: Fred Allen once said, Imitation is the sincerest form of television. to another episode of Felonious Pundits. I'm Kentod Svensgaard, and of course, with me as always is A.J. Mass. Hey, A.J. Hey there, Kentod, how are you? I am doing so good. Another week, another case. I am happy to report.
1: Uh, I am very excited to hear your profile on uh, (laughs) what happened in this week's episode. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh,
0: So everyone, this is a podcast about the television program Criminal Minds every week we will recap and take an in-depth look at an episode of the show aj is bringing you a rewatch perspective of a, of a long time fan and i will be your first watch perspective from someone who has never watched the show before hopefully you love the show and are here for that water cooler type discussion that we like to have about the show so without any further ado uh let's get into it aj uh, this week's episode that we watched was season one, episode three, and it's entitled Won't Get Fooled Again. It originally aired on October 5th, 2005. It was written for the first time not by show creator Jeff Davis. It was written by someone named Aaron Zellman and directed by Kevin Bray.
1: Yeah, that's my birthday, October five. <laughs> I don't know if it was that much of a present though
0: <laughs> We won't get into how old we were in 2005 either <laughs> I'll leave that leave that to the imagination. I will now just recap the episode for you oh please That's what what I'll do
1: I don't even remember what happened
0: oh no I well, let's I talk about it. <laughs> does it start with someone getting a present? <laughs> oh AJ very close very close yes it does AJ we start. And we see we're in Palm Beach, Florida, and we see a man sitting in a car outside an apartment house. He's listening to the radio, and he watches as a, another man comes out of the house with a package, and uh, this guy starts walking to his car. The man that we started with gets out of the car and goes and accosts this gentleman. Um, he starts yelling at him, Claremont! <laughs> Clareman! So we get his name right away. Clareman, uh, why haven't you returned my calls? Apparently, these guys have a meeting scheduled for the next day, and it's about some kind of business gone bad, apparently. First guy that got out of the car, Joe. If I had just called him Joe, <laughs> I could have stopped saying guy in the car. Joe, Joe, Joe got beef. <laughs> Joe, Joe, who has the beef, who walked up to Clermont. He says, uh, basically threatens him, you know, if this meeting doesn't go according to plan or whatever, we're going to, I won't be so nice next time. And he starts to walk away.
1: Can you, can you, you know, it's just, it just watching this uh, after sitting through all of the pandemic of it all for 2020 and not dealing with people, it seems so uh, alien to me to have someone come to somebody else's house to complain about a meeting that they're going to have the next day and that you better yeah. be there. <laughs> it's like, just show up yeah. with the Zoom call, dude.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. And not of these times. So... The man starts walking away, and all of a sudden you see Clerman with that package, of course. Clerman starts to put the package down on the car, and all of a sudden, huge explosion. And it's sort of, you see it from the point of view of Joe sort of slow motion falling because of the force of the blast. Kind of
1: cool, uh, kind of gyroscopic camera. An interesting new new effect. This season, man, they love playing with effects. And I think it has to do with the whole CSI of it all. CSI was known for all these, oh, freeze and move and effects. So I think they were trying to just Mm -hmm. copy that in a lot of different ways there. And So this was a new new, uh, angle. I I liked it. I, I don't want to see it over and over again, but it was different.
0: They don't really tend to repeat their camera tricks in this, do they?
1: No, not at all. To be continued.
0: Yep, that's the case this week. There's yeah. a
1: bomb. Did you notice? Did you notice though? Uh, you know, you noted. Know, you said that the title of the episode, as we noted last week, uh, won't get fooled again. When Clermont screamed, I swear, I swear, it it had that kind of yeah
0: kind of sound to it. <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about that, but that is perfect. It does have that that who uh, that who scream. Wow, that's awesome. And again the scenes the crimes that go on like it brought me back to last week's video of the of the guy catching on fire they're they're pretty uh scary these these things as we watch them occur so
1: well we, they want to establish that these crimes are are brutally heinous and uh they need a special department clink clink oh wrong show i'm sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, now we cut to quantico and we see hotch talking to gideon and they're talking about the case. Uh, apparently, Clerman was the second bombing that morning. Both of the bombings were in residential neighborhoods in Palm Beach. Homeland Security, ATF, everybody's been notified. They're getting the case together. Uh, they're being asked to provide a profile and a threat assessment of the situation. They go to the office and they have uh, pictures that have been coming in to show what, you know, debris was left over from the explosion. and. It indicates some pipe bombs with a a mercury detonator that basically the way you set it off is just tilting it.
1: Yeah, and and I I love the uh, really putting the two and two together. You cannot put anything past the BAU. Uh, You know, oh, tilt it. So that means it wasn't sent through the mail. Right. Good job. (laughs) Good job, guys.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Case closed. It had to be manually delivered they don't at first they don't want to raise the alert and scare everybody but then our pal jj comes in and puts and puts on the news report that is going out everywhere and and in the news report as the reporter is describing the hectic situation at the bombing another bomb goes off right behind this reporter so we see live action bombing and Hodge says well i guess we're going to palm beach
1: <laughs> yeah i mean normally i will uh criticize this show and many many others for putting on exposition tv when you know you just happen to like oh let's see if anything's going on on the tv and it's we're now going to tell you everything that you need to know to continue the story but this was an <laughs> ongoing live see I'm, I'm willing to say that oh you know this could have been the 15th report and you know uh Right, you know, certainly with twenty-four hour news, I'll I'll allow this one as
0: not being wait, quick, turn on channel three, <laughs> and plus it was it was JJ who I, I I know she's part of the team, but she seems sort of separate. Like her and Garcia seem sort of separate from what I would call the main team, even though they're part of the team, they're kind of they're,
1: they're support staff in many ways. Yeah, they're not they're not the pro, they're not profilers, so therefore they yeah I, I will give you that right. Um, I, I I'll have more thoughts on JJ a little later, but uh, yeah, uh, I I agree with you. That's a good assessment.
0: So now, uh, we we do cut to the credits, and I prepared this week because we promised folks, uh, last week that we would, uh, you have a, a a lyrics for the opening credits to Criminal Minds.
1: Yeah, well, this is something I do for shows where uh, there are no lyrics for for you know it has to be an instrumental theme where I'll just naturally. I'll just do this. I'll come up with my own lyrics for the show. So, you know, like 90210 was was a show where it was like, Beverly Hills, 90210, punch, punch. You know, <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just happens, you know, which of course closes with, and James at cow says the dad. <laughs> it's just something that comes naturally to me. So, of course, right. I've, I've watched these episodes over and over again. And so the theme comes in, and of course, I just I, I just have to start singing. Criminal minds, criminal minds, criminal minds, criminal minds, criminal minds, it's criminal minds. Criminal minds, criminal minds, criminal minds, criminal minds. it's
0: criminal minds. That's it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try it next time. Just, criminal minds, criminal minds, criminal minds. I, I was trying to listen to the theme and get a vibe from it. It kind of it seemed to me like a, a subtler version of the Knight Rider theme without the driving baseline, but. The, the kind of action that the Knight Rider theme sure, had. Sure,
1: sure. I'll, I'll go with you on that. Yeah, you are watching Knight Rider. It's got a talking car. You are watching yeah, Knight Rider. Yeah, watching Knight Rider.
0: Yeah, got a <laughs> yeah. talking car. Okay. Anyway, let's get it back to the show. We have uh, Morgan talking with Hotch, and he, he volunteers to stay home in order to coordinate with the bomb squad. And... Uh, Hotch pretty much figures out pretty quickly. It's not that he's scared of the bombings or anything like that, but he's actually nervous still about Gideon since you know the whole Boston thing. And thank God we've come back to that loose thread.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't trust trust Gideon not to suffer some sort of PTSD because we're dealing with bombs and I don't know, maybe he's gonna send me in somewhere and Boston's gonna happen all over again. Oh no. (laughs) It's like, all right, all right, all right, baby, stay home.
0: I am glad to see, though, for, for once, Gideon isn't actually in the same room when they're talking their little <laughs> smack about him. Uh, he is elsewhere. Now we cut to the Wonderjet taking off, and we get our quote for the week, which is, Samuel Johnson wrote, Almost all absurdity of conduct arises from the imitation of those whom we cannot resemble.
1: As much as we'd like to try to emulate our our heroes, we oft fall short in that effort. So, yes. yes. We might want to become as good a profiler as Gideon, but if we don't trust him...
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're going to stay home. Wee, wee, we, wee, wee, wee. I have to say... It took me a while to get how this quote was relevant to the episode, but it becomes abundantly clear later. It's not one that is is clear right off the bat, but- uh, Yeah, you'd
1: expect more and more of like, she's the bomb.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God, with that joke. I was going to do that joke, but I said, no, I'm not going to go for that easy dad joke. I'm glad you were here to do so. Uh,
1: well, you know, that's why we're, we're a team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So as usual, the team is going over the details on the plane. The bombings occurred within three miles of each other. And the first victim, AJ, was a 74 year old widow named Barbara Keller. And then, Clerman uh, was next. And, and then the other explosion that was on the news actually also had a victim, um, a 34 year old housewife named Jill Swenson, uh, of the three victims, only Clerman is still alive. And uh, they want to know if there was anything that may have tied the, tied the victims together. Uh, Reed asks that and it turns out Clerman was a partner in some $10 million condo investment deal that has gone bad. Um, Probably what Joe was talking to him about. And that Keller also was an investor investor in that deal. And uh, a few weeks ago, the whole deal went bust. So it's, it's bad. The land for the condos uh, was on methane. They couldn't build the condos. Clerman lost a lot of people, a lot of money. So uh, Reed thinks, "Hey, maybe that means the bomber had some sort of uh, gripe with Clerman." But Gideon says, "Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's a little too early to theorize about the motive." Oh, I mean,
1: what's up with that? what is up with that it's this is exactly where we theorize you you throw out a bunch of ideas. they're not delivering the profile as soon as they get off the plane although that gideon certainly wouldn't surprise me if one day one of these episodes he's gonna just like i'm ready to deliver the profile
0: (laughs) yeah and personally i think gideon is always like jumping in with some outlandish thing like right away so i think he's being a little unfair absolutely
1: um you know then then we're gonna get the whole uh, let's let's talk about what's the tradition of bombers, you know? Oh, they're usually male, and and you know, last week we learned that you should think outside the box, but we're going right back in the box for this week's episode. It's almost of as course. if we have a different writer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're right back in the box. I like that. Uh, that's especially apropos to this uh, episode. Yeah, it turns out that bombers also tend to blow themselves up so often that usually your first suspects are somewhere among the victims of the bombings. Gideon notes that Clerman's uh, crime scene was the only one that didn't happen right at the front door, so he wonders what's different about Clerman's particular hey, case. Hey, hey, Gideon, it's too early to theorize. Let's <laughs> yeah, Exactly, let's hold, hold, hold it off, Gideon. So Gideon holds up a picture of a blown up car and we magically zoom into the picture and now we see Hotch there at the scene.
1: It's it's picture in picture travel here on Criminal Minds. Three episodes, three picture pictures.
0: (laughs) I thought it, uh, you know, it is cool, but maybe it's getting a little stale. Maybe you know, maybe skip an episode before you do that trick. It's one episode skip. It's
1: uh, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it, (laughs) you know, the first couple times, oh, that was surprising, and now it's like, okay, yeah. We're going to travel by Polaroid again.
0: (laughs) So uh, anyway, we're uh, at the scene. But then after that, we cut to Morgan, who is (laughs) chilling back at the office. He did not go to be involved uh, with the team. He did weasel out of the trip. (laughs) Garcia comes in and says he has a package. And it's the bomb fragments that they've sent him from the crime scene morgan is going to start putting them together like a jigsaw puzzle apparently and uh recreate the bomb garcia asks if he doesn't you know take prints and stuff from all the separate pieces why bother putting them together and morgan decides to sort of mansplain to her what uh he's determined from the evidence which is that due to yada yada details he can tell that this guy's intention was to kill not to scare not to vandalize, not to make some political statement, but to kill.
1: I mean, that's just, I mean, that's, it's the right assessment um, that he would have come to once he started to put the bomb together. But I mean, he grabs two random pieces out the box. And it says, nah, look, you see, right, this right here, this right here, this tells me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's good, though, because we're starting to see the first uh, real in-person interaction. No, it's a nice scene between Morgan and Garcia. They're going to have a lot of playful banter in this entire episode. Um, it, it, it's a fun relationship that's building, and it, it, for that purpose alone, glad Morgan stayed home. Uh, you know, there, there's even joke, a joke right at the beginning when Garcia says, I got, I got your package, like, don't worry. <laughs> it's not a brown right. package you know wrapped with everything it's not a bomb although it is a bomb but it's not a bomb so uh, yeah i think their interactions right off the bat there's chemistry there you could see it
0: oh i had a hard time even taking notes during this scene because i was distracted by the steamy chemistry between the two so good for them i i kind of ship a morgan garcia uh relationship maybe somewhere down the road i don't know might happen might not don't you know you don't have to <laughs> tell <me>. gorgon <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to the uh clerman residence and hotch is talking to greenway when a palm beach police detective detective morrison comes up and introduces himself as the local uh, lead on the case they go into the house and hotch is saying that the atf hasn't found any hard evidence yet just things like kitchen timers tape recorders electrical switches you know, common household items, basically. There's ATF agents everywhere turning the house upside down and a woman walks in and she asks what's going on here. This is Mrs. Clerman."
1: Yeah, this this just made me laugh out loud at this point. Like, the entire street is is cordoned off. There's officers all outside the house. But it's not until she enters the house that she goes, wait, what's going on here? What are you doing in my house? And you think maybe she has no idea what has happened to her husband, but she does. We find out she does know what's happened to her husband. So, like, you know why they're in your house,
0: lady? (laughs) Yeah, like she she has no, no call to be shocked here, Uh, but she is. Hutch shows her his ID, lets her know they have a warrant, but he tries to calm her down. You know, we're covering all. We're just covering all our bases, making sure that he's not involved in any way. But then an ATF guy comes in and says they found something, and uh, they go out to the garage, I guess, and there's a toolbox with some electrical tape and wires. The only It's all normal-looking stuff, but of course, there's a, a copy of the Anarchist's Companion there, so you know it must mean bad bomb stuff. Yeah, not, rather not the than the Anarchist's
1: Cookbook, because they probably didn't have the rights to use that. <laughs> so they came up with the Anarchist's <laughs> Companion.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a good point. I didn't even think about that. I just, uh, I went with the companion. <laughs> you know what? It, that's it, good. It's
1: fine. They, You know, we, just by proxy, you kind of know what they're, oh, that's, that's, that's something nefarious going on there in the toolbox that everybody has in their garage. <laughs>
0: right. And so, uh, Hotch asks Mrs. Clareman if she knows anything about it, but we don't hear her answer, but she looks surprised to me.
1: Yeah, she looks surprised uh, that that's there, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure she uh, knows all about all of her husband's books. She knows when anything's out of place because she certainly didn't notice any any of the police tape or cops out front. So I don't know her observation skills. I'm not relying on them that much.
0: Okay, so uh, now we cut to the hospital, and, and uh, Gideon is there talking to Clerman, and he asks Clerman uh, if you can tell him about the package and clerman thought it was a pot for an orchid which he had ordered through the mail and uh he was going to bring it to the office that's why he was bringing it out to the car
1: <laughs> i just he, he said he says i thought it was a pot for an orchid i collect them and i'm going pots or orchids, <laughs> <laughs> or
0: orchids. and why, and why? And, and, uh, and, and, not to disparage he, orchid collecting but he collects them but he collects them in his office
1: <laughs> I'm very yeah.
0: confused. It was a strange little thing, but, you know, the guy's been blown up. I'm going to give him some he's leeway the here. Balls, sure. <laughs> Gideon asks about Joe Reese and if Joe Reese might want to hurt him. But Clermont is like, you know, Joe is so confrontational. If he wanted to hurt me, he would have just beat me to death.
1: And Gideon cracks a smile. It's so nice to see
0: Gideon smile. He so rarely does this. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's yeah, he's he's liking Clermont so far. Uh, he asks him about the land deal, and Clerman clearly feels badly for everyone, including him as, himself, as he thought they were all going to make a lot of money, but they got scammed. The, the geologist apparently didn't even look at the la- land, so it was a whole just bad deal. Clerman is in some some pain when he's talking to Gideon here, and, and Gideon sort of looks at the bloody mess where Clerman used to have a leg and... Uh, that's it yeah, for that it's, scene. It's almost
1: as if like, well, we don't really have a way to get out of this scene here. Oh, I got it. Ow, my foot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't have one. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm yeah. telling you, I listened to his alibi, but he doesn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> Is what he could have said, but he didn't because he's not
0: cruel, <laughs> like perhaps I am. Uh, I'm just mad because I didn't think <laughs> of it. So uh, Gideon calls Hotch and, and says, look, Clareman isn't the guy. He's got a sense of humor. He's got empathy. He doesn't fit our profile at all. Greenway, meanwhile, has found a picture of Claremont with <laughs> Greenway, L. right? L. <laughs> L. I mean, yes, okay. her last name's Greenway, but she's L. She's L. <laughs> all right. I, I, it, it will throw me off if I have to go everybody else's last name, but then say L
1: everybody else's last name. You know, it's fine. I'll we'll go with that. But uh, for now, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna try. And um, I'm not calling. I'm not calling her Fitty, <laughs> which I could if I use the Roman version of her name L. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it probably would be easier for me to to shorten in my notes to L. That would probably save me three pages of notes. <laughs> not really. She's she's not in too many. <laughs> Anyway, L has found a picture of Clerman. He's with the nephew of his from Texas who apparently was staying with the Clermans for a month. And then he just left last week. L is not saying that he's the unsub, but, you know, he's like a 12-year-old boy. And 12-year-old boys his age like to blow stuff up.
1: Yeah, it's great, uh,
0: great sleuthing there,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A- L... El- uh, it seems to be that Elle has two two switches here in these early episodes. And it's, it's I'm going to be overly flirtatious, or I'm going to really hate men. <laughs> Even the 12-year-old variety. Even the 12-year-olds. She's wow. so hot and cold. Uh, oh, that
0: fitty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we cut... We cut back to the office, and Garcia is walking around playing with a Game Boy, apparently, while while Morgan is doing all the work of assembling his little puzzle, except for he's got a few pieces that don't seem to fit into the bomb. And and Garcia's like, what's the big deal? You got most of it. (laughs) And Morgan says he needs to see it all. So he could figure out the signature of the bomber. Yeah, before
1: we get to the signature, there's two things I noticed in the scene. Again, I'm watching this for like the umpteenth time, which, you know, I'm paying a little bit more attention to the details that I had before. Uh, she's, you said she's playing this handheld video game. And you can see on the screen is some sort of driving game that she's playing. But the sound effects are clearly from Atari's Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah. ding, 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 I'm yeah. Like, Seriously, she's not playing Pac-Man. Did you think we wouldn't notice? Apparently, they did. Uh, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm surprised he, that Morgan didn't just you know throw the pieces out. I mean, like has he never bought IKEA furniture? There's always extra pieces. <laughs> yeah, there's it's I, crazy. I, 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 we, time to look at uh, the profile. The bomber is from Sweden. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so. They, t- they 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 over explained basically a little bit about the signature. Like I don't need to get into everything Morgan says no, here. This is, this
1: is our CBS audience over explanation of of the episode. Uh, you know, a signature. You mean like they sign their name? No, but yes. <laughs> it's like, all right, so, right. It's, it's the one thing that makes it unique to them. That's all
0: we need to know. Exactly, and so. Uh, it turns out that Garcia, through her mad Tetris skills, actually suggests a way that uh, Morgan can fit those last pieces together. And from what she comes up with, Morgan actually knows who made the bomb. And oh, by the way, this guy is doing life in federal prison. Uh, Morgan rushes to the phone and starts dialing it super hard.
1: Uh, yeah, he's got to get got get, get the news out there. Because you know, and I know, or at least we'll shortly learn, exactly what this means for those poor souls who went traveling with Gideon. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yes. Cut back to Palm Beach, uh, Hotch Greenway, Reed and detective Morrison are looking at an email that Morgan has sent them. The email pictures, the three bombs from yesterday, and then one bomb that they have in their evidence room at Quantico. And they're all identical looking bombs, uh, made with steel enforcement reinforcement rods and uh, Gideon says Adrian Bell. Bell And we get a quick shot of a newspaper from Boston in case we forgot that there was an incident in Boston. Yeah, we certainly hadn't seen that and, newspaper
1: uh, clipping before in episode one while DJ Qualls was collecting it. So, I mean, yeah, we. I'm glad we're getting this out of the way in episode three. Let's all, let's just yeah. say that right up front because if they had mentioned this every single week, I probably would have stopped watching and we wouldn't be doing this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, Detective Morrison... I guess he's in our shoes, so he says, "Who?" And uh, they explain the situation to him and all the new viewers. Adrian Bale is the guy—the guy who killed six agents in a hostage at a standoff in Boston. They discuss his possible involvement, and Reed mentions that Bale has got a cult following, so maybe it's a copycat. Hey, 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 it's too early Um, for theorizing. (laughs) Stop thinking, there, Reed. Stop stop thinking. Detective Morrison basically wants to go put the screws to the guy, but Gideon is like, let us handle it, bro. It's all good. We got it. Morrison then mentions that they were right about the nephew. Um, the bomb stuff was his, but that basically clears up Cler Claire- Clerman as a suspect. And now they have no suspects at all.
1: They're back to square one, uh, which pretty much, you know, means that uh, they have to work this uh, copycat angle or maybe Somehow Bale's doing it from the inside, but Bale seems to be the only link here, so they can't ignore that.
0: Right. Morrison is like, well, you know, where do we go from here? And and Gideon suggests that they uh, proceed from the profile, and Morrison is like, I didn't know we had a
1: profile. (laughs) I like that one. That was great. The audience reacted like, wait, you've been telling everybody it's too soon, it's too soon, it's too soon. Oh, you have a profile already?
0: And so, of course, it's the immediate cut to the profile scene in the in the police station, where Gideon is going over all of the details uh, of the profile for the local law enforcement. And uh, We return um, to the old
1: episode three. It's the criminal minds on standby. The dissolvy trickery while you deliver the profile.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, this is a, they like doing this. We see Gideon. Uh, in a cafe where like he bumps into a stranger and then the profile might be some kind of guy that you bump him to at a cafe uh,
1: I get it. I get it. Yeah. These wordy things are boring. I get it, but you know You know what's better than showing us exactly what he's talking about? Edit it down to one sentence and move on
0: <laughs> I
1: agree it's early uh, it's early in the some series. Of the, I Get it. it's early series Ma- mandy has a, like a monologue clause in his contract i'm sure
0: <laughs> much like our podcast they're finding their way and that's that's what we're doing yeah,
1: i'm sure everyone's saying get 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 to the next scene already get to the next scene stop
0: talking about it <laughs> <laughs> before i do i i gotta bring up just a couple of points about the profile. Um, the guy's probably highly organized based on the meticulous design of the bombs, above average intelligence, probably has a skilled job, a, a trade job, one that allows him to work alone, something like furniture maker or a jeweler or something like that. Morrison says background in explosives, Gideon says not necessarily, this guy is looking to kill, these attacks aren't random, and Hotch sort of takes over at this point point. He says we're going to find this guy through the people he killed. Somewhere among the three victims, there's got to be a direct motive.
1: Yeah, I, I think what I, see, I like when Hotch was delivering this because Hotch basically says, look, bombers, are, they're one of three things. They're either terrorists, which means they want to kill a large number of people. That don't, We don't have that. They're political, which means the location is important. We don't have that. The only other option is that it's a direct targeting the individual who he's killed and we have that because they're killed on their stoops find the motive find the unsub save the cheerleader save the world
0: (laughs) maybe not that last part (laughs) so Gideon I guess maybe feels like Hot stole some of his thunder so he decides to one up him and he says I'm going to the prison someone has to talk to Bale and
1: the confrontation that we've all been waiting for since the series started I guess (laughs)
0: I mean, this is all about Boston, right? It is. It is. All about it? <laughs> uh, before we can get to that scene, though, we have JJ walking in to talk to Dr. Detective Morrison. She does her little li- liaison thing for a bit, and then she walks into the office where Elle and Hotch are uh, sifting through the evidence. Okay, so so
1: uh, let me let me just... This is my thing on JJ here. Clearly, this script was written before they cast JJ and she's not in this script. She's clearly not in the script, because we saw her in the first scene come in and turn the TV on and say, look, (laughs) which they could have just easily just had the TV on and said, hey, look, here, like you said, she walks in, talks to, she goes to Mars, she says, how are we doing? Okay, good, I'm going in this room now. (laughs) She walks to that room, she goes, so, what's going on? And she just reacts to everything. She doesn't need to be here, they have no use for her because the script has already been written, and it's sad. It's just very, very sad. Justice for JJ.
0: I agree 100%. That's even one of my notes, which was J.J. basically has very few lines this episode. Yep. <laughs> they, they do discuss briefly, well, not J.J., but Elle and Hotch discuss that they can't find a motive for killing an old lady. She just collects cats and coins. And they should have added one more C word in there to make that fun yeah, to say. But
1: Some, some uh, Curios
0: collects cats coins curios that would that would have been perfect morgan calls in while this is happening he's got a breakdown on all all the chemicals that were used and it's a very specific mixture that nobody uses nobody but bale uses that Mm -hmm. mixture so everything is the same as far as these bombs are concerned as to what bale would do it's the same welding pattern the same thread sizing it's like and this is an important line I've come to discover, Morgan says, it's like the guy isn't building the bombs. It's like he's forging them.
1: Indeed. That would make him a forger. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting to know. We'll put uh, definitely put an underline on that. Yeah, the only other thing in that scene is that, uh, again, this is where like I think they started out where Hotch was going to be someone who's going to make jokes but Thomas Gibson was like I don't want to, I don't want this guy to be funny so he kind of takes all the humor out of every line and so he's like I collected coins I was a nerd but there's no irony there's no there's no joy in his face he's just like it's yeah. just a matter of fact I collected coins I was a nerd
0: and everyone's like mm-hmm,
1: yeah that that, that tracks
0: <laughs> and and uh you're right there was no fun no. in that I know so we're, much we're so dark. you said
1: the f- openings are so dark and yes some of these episodes are really really dark and we're going to be uncomfortable making jokes about them i mean we're still gonna make jokes about them don't worry about it but we're gonna be uncomfortable about it in certain episodes and like you need the light and i wish they would that he, he would have leaned into it but hotch does not tell jokes
0: damn hotch uh one other piece of information they get out is that the addresses on the packages uh, written on you know plain brown packages and block letters with blue ink and bail did that and this unsub is probably doing the same and then uh, jj says okay i'll, I'll set up a, a press conference and get the word out then Hutch gets a call from someone that the screen informs us is assistant fbi director agent holloway and i'm wondering AJ, why they couldn't have used the same actress from the pilot for this A, A, they didn't
1: even give her a credit in the pilot. like She was uncredited. Um, But you'd think if you're going to have some sort of antagonistic assistant director of the FBI that you could probably introduce them without needing a Chiron? I mean, that was just... um, (laughs) Would it surprise you if I told you that this is the only episode you will see assistant
0: director, Agent Holloway? (laughs) Um, I'm a little surprised because... I mean, the last, the last lady, uh, we didn't even get a name or a rank or anything. They're they're trying. Um, yeah. This time we did get the know. So, they are you know. trying
1: to make fetch happen. Fetch is not happening. Uh, I will say they will eventually get this right. Um, it's clear that they this was in Jeff Davis's idea for the show to have this particular character, but they haven't found the right actress yet. And if they're going to recast the actress, they're going to just rename the person and. and It'll eventually work itself out. But yeah, this 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 woman has no no energy or gravitas to her. It, it's all just like well, um I think you might want to make a deal with bail. Well, I don't know that we have to. I think you might. Okay, but I think you might
0: <laughs> Yeah, she says she's there there may be no other choice. And Hotch says, Well, there has to be. <laughs> and yeah, that's the same. It doesn't need to be there.
1: It really doesn't. They yeah. could have given those lines to JJ's press conference, I suppose. <laughs> just, stretch, stretch, talk longer. <laughs> we need 30 more minutes.
0: Yeah. yeah, and plus, I would have been happy for JJ just to have something else to say. That would have been nice. Well, goodbye, Agent How um <laughs>
1: We hardly knew you. Ye.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cut to the federal penitentiary. I can't say the word penitentiary. You I still... We know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just it disturbs me. I feel like that's a word I used to be able to say. That for some reason has forsaken. I mean, you sound
1: me. very much like you uh, have remorse. You seem very penitent.
0: That's giving me Indiana Jones <laughs> flashbacks and the Last Crusade. Only the anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: Jehovah's spelled with uh, an I. Go ahead, keep going.
0: Gideon is there with with bail at the prison, and he got there from Florida pretty quick. I, I mean, I don't know. I know there's the Florida-Georgia line. I know they're right next to each other, but he's still... <laughs> Was Baby Rexa there, too? He high it.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, he has the jet. I mean, uh, he, could, he could jet there, so yes. it's not going to take that long.
0: So, Bale knows why Gideon is there to talk to him about the Palm Beach bomber, and Gideon lets him know that this guy is copying everything about him, and uh, Gideon... Threatens Bale saying he can't fool him, but Bale is all, I can fool you. I fooled you and before. And now yes, there's another we me don't out there. Get
1: the title. No one says the title. We come real close. The setup is there. I yes. fooled you before. And all Gideon has to say is, well, I won't be fooled again. And boom, we're done. We <laughs> have fireworks. But no, we will not have the title in this episode. But there it was, right there in the script, ready to go. And that's just just a disappointing fail
0: yeah i i agree and also i'm rooting for root i was rooting for reed to say it every time so that also throws that away so
1: the only one who has said it so he we still have that streak going
0: (laughs) yeah yeah we cut back to jj's press conference where she's talking about the blue letters on the package bombs and warning people to be diligent etc And then we cut to some home where mother is watching the conference while her daughter is coloring. And I don't feel good about this. You you shouldn't. (laughs) Uh, We cut back to the prison, and Gideon is telling Belle he was uh, more ruthless than he expected. And Belle is like, Why did you trust me? A moron wouldn't trust me. Why did you trust me, Gideon? Thank you for slipping into Princess Bride there for the (laughs) Vizzini. Yeah. <laughs> Not
1: even taken on the screen. That's
0: very good. <laughs> Gideon says he didn't trust him. That he just made a mistake. He thought bail wouldn't do it, and he did do it. And by the way, I'm walking out of here, and you never will. <laughs> will so nya yeah, na na na. You know, well, like that's his big. You know, that's his big rebuttal. Like I'm walking out of here, yeah, so I'm a
1: free man. But you know. We know that's not the case, because we know that uh, when we were first introduced to him, he's been gone for six months because he can't cope with this this horror. So uh, I think Bale's in Gideon's head. I think we can definitely say that, especially when he, when he follows it up with, but I had the homicidal triad. <laughs> I'm a sociopath. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Plato, Socrates, I will morons. Say,
0: Bale may have been in Gideon's head, but I will also say, Gideon looks like he was in, in Bale's head too. You know, Bale seems a little disappointed. Like he's not, he's not like Hannibal Lecter level jailhouse conversationalist. Right. Like you don't feel threatened by this guy too much. Basically. I say,
1: there's no love lost between these two gentlemen. And, uh, you know, yeah, Gideon can walk out of there, but he still doesn't have any answers as he leaves.
0: <laughs> Bale, Bail did insist, uh, before he left that, uh, Gideon should have known he was going to do it. And he he mentions about uh, some emotional release that he would have gotten. Some great emotional release he would have gotten if he he pushed the button. He was overwhelmed. He had to be pushing the button. So why didn't Gideon do his job? Nice candy-shaped button. Ren, Ren, I can't (laughs) stop it. I must hit the button, Ren. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the references. We do love them. Uh, cut back to the mother and daughter that we saw before. The mom is busy in the kitchen. And just as I feared, we hear the daughter from the porch. Mommy, there's a present for you. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, honey, what present? Describe it to me. <laughs> it's brown with blue letters. <laughs> now, so yeah, we have there to- <laughs> is no way,
1: no way that this woman was paying attention to that newscast at all it's enough to to hear that line i'm sorry it's just not gonna happen it's not with the daughter talking about her coloring too and everything at the same time as a parent i know that mother had tuned all volume out at that point uh-huh yeah uh-huh mm-hmm.
0: if we really wanted to get into it and i'm glad they didn't go there but this would have been another explosion if this Situation had unfolded, but we need Uh,
1: uh, to create a little more drama in this episode That has been a little bit talky so far and we also need to Showcase our slow-motion video camera technology one more time as she drops the egg (laughs) that she is holding (laughs) And slowly (laughs) it goes to the ground and
0: cracks as she runs to her daughter screaming. No No, right and I think this This is one of those spots where, like, when you're watching on Netflix, you can tell they had a commercial break because it sort of blacks out for a second. And then it comes back and we're on the porch with the girl uh, basically in a panic and the mom by her and everybody's there already. And it's it's basically just a quick, quick little tense action scene of them. That scene where they get. The bomb away from the girl. It, everything happens as you might expect it to. They they save the girl it's, it's and that quick. bomb doesn't yeah, explode.
1: Guy, you know, you have to trust me. <laughs> Step away from the girl. Yeah. I'm not leaving my daughter. <laughs> All right, it, we need some drama. We have the drama, uh, but we're not going to blow up a girl on camera in the middle of an episode. I'm sorry. We might do some horrible things, and you know, children are not safe in this series. Certainly but they're not blowing up a girl on screen in the middle of an episode. It's just not <laughs> happening.
0: So uh, that just gave me a flashback to the, the girl in uh, in Young Frankenstein, <laughs> the, the the Young Frankenstein uh, flower scene. Um, she, and girl. even
1: she landed in her bed safely.
0: <laughs> That's true. That is true. Gideon and Reed are, are leaving the prison. I didn't realize Reed was there, but apparently he was there. And Gideon is on the phone telling Hotch that the Bale may be involved, but he's not controlling this situation. Uh, he tells Hotch the next move is that he'll let Bale know the unsub is completely using his design. Hopefully that baits him into helping them out. Reed is like, you know, I'm going to stay behind <laughs> to monitor his mail calls, visitors, etc. I'm thinking Reed is 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 figured out what morgan was up to and and also does not want to be where things are exploding yeah, well, he, i think that was he, his he, real he purpose he definitely
1: saw saw gideon come out of there and he was a little flustered. he's like oh no, no i just spent six months with this dude uh, no uh you can go i'll stay here behind you take the jet you can pick me up later and i could just i could imagine the unsaid uh, line of dialogue there like well reed what are you gonna do if you stay here what am I going to do? Read, 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 read. I'm going to read his mail. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: I, I like how people just come up with excuses not to be where the action is. We cut back to Florida, and, and Greenway L is telling Hotch that uh, Barbara Keller, who was our older victim that we mentioned before, was having trouble insuring some coins she bought and the insurance company thought that they could be fake. And Hotch is also, the insurance company wants to blow her up. <laughs> and I thought, where did that, <laughs> what was that logic that that Hotch I think, had there? Well,
1: I, think, I think again, it was just like, you know, you just told me it was a 12 year old boy in the last scene. <laughs> and now you're telling me it's the insurance company. Uh, why did we hire you again? I think he's just questioning her a little <laughs> bit here.
0: Good point, good point. But Ella's like, stay with me, Hotch. Maybe the person that sold her the coins is the culprit. Maybe he wanted to shut her up. The coins were worth $12,000. That didn't seem like a lot to me for like, okay, let me go bomb people and kill people. Apparently 12000 is enough to give them some kind of motive, well, uh, I, she thinks.
1: I, 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 Just the fact that there was fraud involved is the motive here. That you know, who Mm -hmm. knows? I mean, we'll we'll find out a little bit more on that later. So I I do think it makes sense in retrospect, but I can understand why. Yeah, twelve thousand to you and I uh, for for coins. Like, okay, I guess. I mean, I mean, I don't have twelve thousand lying around, but you know, right. But I hear you.
0: So Barbara Keller had an appointment. With a coin dealer, and so L is now going to go see him. Uh, some guy named David Walker.
1: Uh, 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 yeah, the the old lady had the appointment with him. Now, did she show up at his office the day before to make sure that he was going to be there the day of the appointment? Because that's what you do in Florida, right?
0: <laughs> Apparently, yes. Uh, L thinks that maybe David Walker can help basically figure out who sold the coins to. uh, to the Lady Barbicola. They have
1: no leads. It's fine to be grasping at straws here. It, it, at least it's a straw.
0: Yeah. We cut to Garcia's computer lab, and she's answering the phone, and it's Dr. Reed. And he's figured out that uh, Bale is accessing the internet by going through a firewall and a prison library computer. And they figure they can monitor his keystrokes if they can email him a virus that he'd be guaranteed to open. So, of course, AJ, what's going to guarantee this prisoner will open the link?
1: Uh, Obviously, she's going to send him an offer for $12,000 in coins from a Nigerian prince, right?
0: (laughs) No, AJ, it's porn.
1: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That's right. Boy, and it didn't take him long to (laughs) click on that No, it
0: was like instantaneously. While they were still on the phone, (laughs) while Reed and Garcia were still on the phone, my man already clicked the link and, uh, we cut to Bell. He's at the computer clicking away and back to Garcia. Who's watching his every move. Eventually Bell (laughs) logs onto a message board for bomb enthusiasts As (laughs) as one does. Yeah. And he says to all of his friends out there, beware, they are onto you in capital letters on to you no space um, between the on and the two so it
1: really disturbed me
0: <laughs> it's a good point like there should be a space there come on bail
1: i do uh, like i do like the fact like you know this is where i half expected them to really again hit hit, hit it over the head with 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 a hammer that this isn't a message board that is called the bomber message board. So it's not like that should have been the first place we look that this is somewhere, you know, hidden, uh, you know, it's not advertised. He just happened to go there. And that's the only reason they found it is because they were watching when he went there. Cause otherwise, they, you know, right. How stupid would they be if they didn't just go to the bomber message board and how stupid would bombers be if they right. went there? So I'm glad they didn't over-explain that. Like I just spent the time doing there, but. a
0: oh, good point. Uh, read, says that they're going to need the names of everyone that visited the message board in the past month and you know Garcia can clickety-clack that up in just a a few moments. The only thing that
1: can stop her is that security program from the pilot. That's it. Nothing else in the world can (laughs) stop her. That's her only kryptonite.
0: (laughs) So we cut to someone making a bomb. All we see are his hands and we see the bomb is a big, basically a big neck apparatus, a big necklace bomb where it looks like it would probably attach to someone in some sadistic and there manner was a, there
1: was a very uh, real case of this where a bank robbery uh was going on and they they put a neck collar on someone they made a whole documentary on it i forget what it's called but this is based on like real life events that uh the, the neck collar bomb was kind of kind of uh, in vogue at the time so uh, the cutting edge cutting edge ripped from the headline stuff here
0: they are on their uh P's and Q's, I guess. Cut back to the jet, and and Gideon is on the jet. I guess, I guess Reed is, is stuck flying coach uh, <laughs> to come back, but he is on the telephone talking to Gideon and telling him they were able to track down some of the names and addresses from the message board. Gideon says, "Well, what about the occupations?" And apparently, that's a field that was was optional. <laughs> they didn't have to fill that out. So only about a third of them have filled that out. And Reed starts listing some of the occupations, and when he says "antiquities dealer," Gideon well, stops him too.
1: Later, <laughs> it's 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 like that. Uh, it's like an Eddie Izzard comedy routine. Yeah. There, it's like yeah, <laughs> you know, like Zengelbert slappedy back, Singelbert poopty back, Butzenwala, Engelbert Humpty Dink. Uh, wait, 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 go back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. A, 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 yeah, a couple of names pass by. A couple of occupations pass by. I should say. We cut to Greenway, who's approaching David Walker's house. She's with Mrs. Walker, who's uh, leading her out to the garage. And we cut back to Reed, who's now calling Hotch with the name of the antiquities dealer. Dun-dun-dun. David Walker. Oh, no.
1: I've heard that name before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hotch is like, uh-oh. And he calls uh, Elle to tell her that Walker is the suspect. But Walker, at this point, has already peeped them out, and he comes flying out of the garage in his car greenway manages to evade getting hit but poor mrs walker not quite so rolls nimble his wife, just she gets hit by the car
1: her. i mean she'd been bad about him like she didn't love him the whole time <laughs> the biggest mistake of her life was marrying him so uh i'm beginning to think that uh he's probably not feeling uh, too bad about <laughs> about this situation here two birds one stone maybe
0: yeah we, uh, we fade back into the scene, we see that Mrs. Walker is now being carted off in an ambulance so thankfully she's still breathing. Hotch asks Elle if she's okay, she's fine. They go to check out the garage. And here
1: is, I have the question for you. Why? Why does Elle have a shoulder purse at this point? <laughs> <laughs> she's already fired off rounds at this guy and everything. But before they walk into the garage, she actually has to take the shoulder purse and put it on over and carry it in with her. She, she's an FBI agent. She, she should not be carrying a, sh- a shoulder. I'm sorry. That's, not, that's just wrong. That's such a, a, a misogynistic writing there. I think that she wouldn't be just packed heat. No, no purse.
0: Yeah, I blame, I blame uh, Aaron Zellman and I blame uh, uh, Kevin Bray for that decision
1: just weird that's all
0: um so they go into the garage and they check it out they find some equipment which basically proves that walker was forging the dates on the coins to make them seem more valuable and of course uh walker also has a villain wall as most villains do in these shows yeah and they needed Uh, a second random
1: random cop to say look over here check this out (laughs) Right, it's twice this episode. They had a random cop discover what they needed to discover.
0: I kind of like that. Uh, I'm
1: I'm fine with it, but it's just like you know, can they find anything on their own? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't find the, the they didn't find the secret uh, hideaway of beads last week.
0: <laughs> good, yeah, a good point. <laughs> well, on the villain wall, the cop rando cop found uh, a. Headline basically about a case about the bail case, and uh, by a picture of uh, Adrian Bell, uh, Walker has written the best. He's the
1: best around. No one's gonna blow up like he does.
0: So apparently that's they figure out that's why he chose to use Bale's design because he's a fan. Hodge tells El to make sure to tell Detective Morrison that this guy is smart and dangerous and has nothing to lose. And I'm thinking to myself, well, aren't you guys going to the same place? Why can't you tell them?
1: <laughs> fair, fair.
0: Uh, we cut to Garcia, and shes <laughs> I love how she sets up eating her lunch like a schoolgirl, basically. <laughs> she's setting each piece of her lunch meticulously on the ta- on the table, uh, getting all ready to eat her sandwich. And you can almost bite that sandwich yourself with with ha- the anticipation that she's setting up here. And of course, uh, Morgan walks in at this moment and says, Hey, I need your help. And basically, Garcia is like, Yeah, I guess I don't need to eat. And he's like, Ah, poor baby. And I, I think I kind of want to punch him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little rude. It, yeah, it was. Uh, uh,
1: it, and, and really, what's to stop her from taking a bite of the damn sandwich? And just. Yeah. Like, mm, sm- mm, hold one. Mm, mm, uh. Oh, wait, I got it. Now I will talk to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, there's still this chemistry between them, so I'm going to let that moment pass, but I did think it was a little... Yeah, I'm with you there. Little, uh,
1: it it okay. was like, all right, well, he can't just come into her office again. We've done that. Why don't why we have her doing something else? Like, how about eating? Okay. It, the writing's <laughs> a little weak.
0: Anyway, uh, Morgan's got a stack of emails, and they have to go through them to see if they can try to figure out Walker's next move. And then we cut back to the Florida police headquarters, I guess, and Gideon is back, and he's asking Detective Morrison what they know about Walker. Uh, This guy is a quiet career criminal. He spent four years in jail for forged checks in his early 20s. He's 46 now. For the past 18 years, he's owned a store that sells coins, maps, and historical documents. (laughs) Lucrative. They've already raided this place, and they've discovered that most of his inventory was forgery, forgeries and fakes valued in the millions. And they figure the, the walls were closing in on this guy. He was promising clients things that he didn't have time to forge. And then I guess Barbara Keller must have found out about the coins that she bought were being were fake. And she threatened to out him. And when all those forgeries were discovered, he would be serving time for at least 20 years. So he had to shut her up. Yeah, it makes perfect
1: sense to me, I mean at least at least it explains why it wasn't so much that it was a twelve thousand dollar sale or anything like that. It's like he didn't kill her because of, of, of right oh, I, I can't give her a refund. it was like she she was going to the cops and like that yeah that made it, but the fact that he didn't just kill her, he killed all these other people to hide the fact that he just wanted to kill her that that was what they figured out there, which um yeah, Gideon's a little bit uh oh really <laughs> he would do all that really like yeah yeah why do you not believe this
0: <laughs> yeah like he if you think you're brilliant you're gonna like come up with this plan I, I, it seems logical I mean, to me I
1: it's only episode three but never underestimate the the ability to justify bad behavior of these ensembles
0: so at this point, someone who I'm just calling poor sap throughout my notes. Fair. Comes, Fair. In, comes into the police station uh, and he's got the necklace bomb attached to his body. He's clearly very agitated. He won't back out of the police station. He says, somebody, he's going to kill me. The bomber's going to kill me. Apparently he, the bomber held him at a gunpoint, attached this bomb to him, and he wants a helicopter and a passport. And... uh the poor sap is in a panic, and
1: you know the poor sap walks in. Here's here's what I don't get: is the poor sap walks in, he's like, "Please, you have to help me, you have to help me," and all the all the police point guns at him. And like he's the bomber, he's the bomber. <laughs> like you know, he's not David Walker. You have a picture of David Walker at this point. You know that's not him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they they kind of I, they don't really feel for the poor sap as as or they don't have the empathy that I would hope to have if I were the poor sap i, I guess i agree
1: i agree but yeah he tells them that that the the bomber is watching so i don't know what to do please help me
0: <laughs> right they study the bomb and basically the mechanism is complicated enough that they don't have time to figure out how to open it because there's also a timer there and they have about 3 hours before it goes off Gideon tells poor Sap they need to a- isolate him. At first, they're going to take him out of the station, but you know, no, the bomber is watching, so that's not going to work. So that I, I don't know, I just felt really bad for the poor I mean, Sap here. It's it's
1: not. This
0: was not how he planned to spend his day. <laughs> <laughs> the SWAT team goes up onto the roof, and instantaneously, I don't know how long this took in "quote unquote" real time, but pretty much instantly, they they spot Walker who's in across the street in a building across well, the street I mean, you
1: do have to figure that if he's watching there are there probably aren't too many places he could be hiding uh, so i'll i'll, I'll <laughs> grant that if they go to the roof they'll probably spot him eventually because there's like maybe what six different hiding places
0: <laughs> right hotch decides he's gonna basically lead a, a team to sneak up on him in the building. And he's okay with this because they know from all of their profiles that bombers are always cowards. When they do this, the bomber will get scared. He'll freak out. He'll give up. Everything will be great. L, being perfectly logical here, by the way, I'd like to add, says, you know, this whole thing feels wrong. Why would he let himself be found so easily? I just like, don't worry about it. <laughs> We're going to do this. and We need to take Walker alive because he's the only guy that can defuse the necklace bomb. And they go into the building and we cut back to Morrison and Gideon and Detective Morrison says, just in case we missed it, so bombers are cowards, huh? And Gideon says, yeah, every last one of them.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. Nope, I'm not leaving my box today. <laughs>
0: uh, bombers are all no the same.
1: No here. <laughs>
0: Hotch and L open the door of the storage space where Walker's got himself confined in, announced themselves as federal agents. There's no answer. They're standing, you know, outside the door and they do that thing where they mouth the countdown to each other. They got the countdown.
1: Uh, They've got their little, uh, we'll look through this mirror that's on a stick to make sure that we can see right. in there and make sure he's not like pointing a gun at us.
0: <laughs> so they do the three, two, one and, uh, and then they breach the room and it seems like they were accurate because Walker does seem pretty cowardly. He's like, please don't shoot. Don't shoot. He, he does get a little brave and puts his hand on a, a detonator and makes his demands. But Hotch basically plays hardball and, and talks him into giving up and throwing him the gun. Well, I, I, putting the gun on the floor it's and sliding, not front. throwing him the gun, because that would yeah. be an on issue. Show, but... uh, <laughs>
1: I could just see the of just throwing the gun and hitting hot, going off and like ricocheting <laughs> around the room. And Elle is saved because she's got a purse. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all laugh at me saying, you said she didn't need a purse. Luckily, she carries her gold bricks in the purse.
0: Oh, boy. We cut some Morgan. Well, at this point has called gideon to tell him that they just found an email from Bale to walker and he says in the email his only regret was giving himself up to be stuck in a cage for the rest of his life don't make this mistake if they catch you whatever you do don't let them keep you that's when gideon says hey wait a minute walker is not a bomber he's a forger he's not a coward so he walkie-talkies over to Hotch, get out of there now. Uh, Hotch and his team run out of the office, and, of course, they get away just as Walker's bomb goes off. It's amazing. Everybody they, made it they, out.
1: Even though Hotch was basically, you have until look count three to give up. One, two, Morgan makes a call. Gideon hears the call. Gideon gets on the walkie-talkie. <laughs> Three. <laughs> uh, you know, a TV, TV countdown certainly uh, going on here. But I will say it does it does show that Hotch uh, I- implicitly trusts Gideon because there was no questioning. He said, Gideon said, get out of there now, and he turned. He turned. Yeah. He was out of there, and, you know, then you had the TV uh, shtick of just enough clearance to avoid the blast radius. <laughs> no more right. hard, no less
0: but still we get to see the cool exactly. explosion um
1: well now i you know walker's walker's blown himself up so uh i guess our poor victimless uh, schlub is uh, doomed
0: yes poor sap is in trouble uh unless they can figure out some way to get this bomb defused but they only have at this point about two and a half hours Detective Morrison says it looks like they're all out of options. <laughs> so I guess poor Sapp is just to clear uh, the area. Done for. To clear him. the area. <laughs> Anyone you want us to call? Say but, goodbye. Uh, Mrs. Sapp is on the phone. Gideon says, uh, "Actually, he's got an option." And and then we cut to bail being escorted out of his cell. Cell. Bail being escorted out of his cell. Bail
1: from his cell in jail. <laughs> Do tell. But he's not out on bail. He's just bail coming out.
0: (laughs) I guess the fight, again, that flight isn't too long because now we cut to our next scene and bail is with Gideon and Hotch and they start to negotiate a a deal for bail to help with the necklace bomb. And basically, bail wants out of prison. He wants to be in a mental facility. And oh, yeah, the most important part without which there will be no deal is that he wants Gideon to admit that Gale bested him, fooled him, and that Gideon has to apologize to the families of all the Boston victims and let them know that it was all his fault and Hotch is like, dude, no way, but Gideon, he's down for it. Gideon does ask, how do they know they can trust Bell to help and Bell's attorney is there. And she's like, it's all in writing. If he refuses to help or if he gives information that he knows to be untruthful, the deal is null and void you have nothing to worry about Gideon writes out a heartfelt apology Bale has him say it and uh kudos to the actor playing Bale here because he looks so blissful soaking it all in as Gideon is reading out his apology and at this point they have about four minutes to help pour <laughs> yeah, sap out
1: I mean, you know Gideon uh, again with the speech like you know, I get it you got to give the guy what he wants but uh, fast forward a little bit <laughs> I, right. I regret it <laughs> it was my mistake I am so remorseful so very very remorseful <laughs> it will never ever 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 time's
0: a time's a waste in Gideon so I guess they're luckily I guess they're just like in the room next door they're not like you know Ten minutes away. They they they're right there. Uh, They got
1: four minutes. So let's 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 four minutes to save the world. Madonna, Justin Timberlake. Let's go. Oh God.
0: So so they go over there and the bomb and they they're talking to the bomb squad guy and he's already got the bomb worked out to the point where it's and I feel like this should be a trope, but maybe it isn't. I don't know. You tell me. We've got a choice of two wires.
1: (laughs) I mean. Yeah, uh, it tends it tends on TV shows to get down to it's either A or it's B. I mean, I've seen the trope with the wires before, where you know maybe you know they're underwater when they're so they can't tell the difference between the colors on the wires, but they know it's the red one, but they don't know which one the red one is. There's there's variations on the theme, but it it generally goes down to I've got the wire clippers, I've got a couple of wires. The right one we're safe the wrong one kablooey um uh,
0: which is an exciting i i mean it is a trope but it's exciting i'm 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 fine with it here uh hey simple works gideon, simple
1: works why why reinvent the wheel
0: gideon asks which wire do we cut bale says confidently it's the red seconds one left <laughs> yes gideon is speechifying about the deal and how great it would be for bell to be in a nice facility and I'm sure, like, poor Sap is like, dude, just get on with it, please. <laughs> they do have 17 seconds, and, and Gideon just confirms yet again, while well, clock is ticking down, red wire, right? And Bell is like, yes. And I guess we're supposed to be shocked when Gideon says, cut the blue wire. Well, certainly everyone in the room is shocked. <laughs> yes. They cut the blue wire, and just in time, our bomb is diffused. And I'm sure Poor Sap has released a ton of bodily fluids at this point.
1: Yeah, uh, Poor Sap has three seconds to spare. I mean, they didn't go with the James Bond trope, which was at all explosive devices on James Bond stop at seven seconds left. So you can see a 007 on the screen when they when they diffuse the explosive device. So I'm glad they didn't go there. Um, But, you know, they seem to like the number three on this show. Three, three, three.
0: Yeah, this maybe should have been the episode. Anyway, uh <laughs> we uh now we get back to L and she's asking Gideon how he knew to cut the blue wire and and we see Gideon kind of flash back to Bell telling him about Boston and that emotional release he would feel pressing that button, that being so overwhelming. So Gideon tells L, "He told me. He said given the opportunity to press that button, he'd have no choice." And all I did was take his word for it.
1: Good job, Gideon.
0: (laughs) And we finally, we cut to Gideon escorting uh, Bale back to his cell. Gideon lets him know that even though he lied and the deal is null and void, he's made sure to spread it around the prison that Bale was extremely willing to give up information on his fellow inmates. So one nice little last dig at him basically and uh he tells some bail that he's a rare bird and he has no idea how much pleasure gideon gets from putting him in his tiny little cage you might even call it an emotional release oh, yeah
1: and then all, all the other prisoners who are listening go
0: oh snap no yo snap well they <laughs> like, didn't but they might as well <laughs> and uh, then the netflix closed captions tell me that funk rock is playing uh, and I kind of get carried away, bobbing my head. I was like, oh, Funk Rock, let me boom, 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 bob my boom, boom, head. Thank boom. you for letting me know, closed captions. Um, and then Gideon gets that cool walk out of prison, slow-mo walk out of prison, and a smile crosses his face.
1: Yeah. yeah. And the uh, episode, episode over. over. Uh, I will say to pay attention to uh, Gideon and Bird metaphors. This is, uh, is going to be a character Ooh. trait uh going forward and uh this you know hey I was like it, it he said bird and cage I'm like ah oh, it's Gideon talking about birds it's going to be something that pay attention to that it
0: does uh repeat itself uh
1: no closing quote
0: I know, I yeah. was going to say that we I'm I'm liking it they've they you know they started with like 153 quotes in the first episode and then they just had the for, the opening cl- quote and closing quote in episode 2 and now we don't. That's it. There was no closing quote. We just get I'm to the end of the show
1: because this is one of those rare cases where we didn't have the framing device of jet to the area, jet back home. Um, because Gideon's been obviously uh, using the jet so much, they ran out of gas. They were refueling probably at the time, so they couldn't get back on the jet for the closing quote. You can only do the closing quote when you see the shot of the jet. <laughs> so I think that's why it wasn't there. I'm going to keep an eye on that. Also, a different writer breaking format a little bit. So, uh, a little different episode. I mean, it's, it's uh, like I said, first one not written by uh, the creator, so a little yep. bit of a different taste.
0: So, that was the, that was the episode. Any any uh, closing thoughts or anything we didn't cover or final opinion on this, this particular yeah, I, episode?
1: I, obviously, the show's still finding its legs, and uh, I like the fact that, you know, we've wrapped up this Boston thing because they made such a big deal out of it. You knew you'd have to get to it eventually, and so, like, now it's kind of like... All right, we've got all the characters now. We've we've met everybody. We've seen them at work. I I I think the show from here can now kind of start to follow along and roll along on its own momentum. There, uh, it's my least favorite of the three. I, I didn't think the the unsub was particularly interesting. Even though Bale was a pretty good character, he you know A he wasn't the unsub, and B you know he wasn't really the focus. So not my I, not my favorite of the three uh, probably uh you know expectations uh for it to go down and dip at this point yeah most shows do most shows either steadily go right up or they say all right here's what we got oh we got to keep going we get, we got to do how many of these <laughs> 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 and like i said this did feel this did feel like an episode that was written and then had to be changed a lot once they they recast you know they they added jj they threw more garcia mm-hmm. in those scenes morgan garcia kind of felt shoved in there I, i just don't think i don't think this was a complete episode so i'm not surprised that it felt a little weak for me but uh still still enjoyable
0: yeah uh i i feel the same way you do about it i also and this may just be me i also just felt a little disappointed last week was fiery explosions and then this week was bombs it was kind of similar to me and i thought last week's episode was more entertaining if we're gonna go for that kind of thing I don't know that it matters too much, but I just thought maybe the the placement of the episode could have been a little bit further away from the similar crime you. I'm with you. from the they, week before. Generally,
1: I think my my impression is that they do uh, mix it up a lot, but every season there seems to be like, uh, like maybe twice where it's like a back-to-back. And you just go, really? Didn't we just see this? So... I just think it's the nature of the when you're breaking a season down with this many episodes that it, it you're just bound to like I got well we gotta put it somewhere, gotta double up somewhere, so let's just do it here and get it out of the way.
0: All right. So AJ, now it's time once again to crack out the barometer. Um, and ask ourselves an important question, which is did they win? Did
1: they win? I think I might shock you here with this week's decision. I am calling this one a no decision, a no decision. I mean, technically, technically, the two people who were in jeopardy both got saved. I mean, you had the girl with the package, and you had our poor sap in the neck collar. Both survived the episode. Right. But I would argue that the BAU did zero in either case, to, to to save them, and certainly the girl, like you said, everybody was already there. It was the bomb squad that just did all the work. That would have happened without the BAU mm-hmm. at that point. The one, the woman would have called up the bomb squad. Oh, my, there's a package. She's got a bomb, and they fixed it. So BAU had nothing to do with that one. And, you know, poor old Nexap really, Gideon got lucky. <laughs> he really got lucky. Um, the profile didn't do anything to help him out here. Yeah, and let's face it, the unsub killed himself, <laughs> blew himself up, yeah. and they barely escaped <laughs> with their lives. This is not a win. Nobody died, so it's not a loss. I just
0: uh, you know what? I, I I would also argue that poor Mrs. Walker shouldn't have shouldn't have been hit by a car. That, I, I mean, I, that's. Maybe not fair of me to say, but like that's yet another person that like they didn't really help at all. Yeah, she didn't die, but they didn't really do anything. They didn't even know they were at the right. suspect's house. It was
1: a dumb luck episode, uh, and it wasn't a dumb luck that wasn't really inspired by anything that they did. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm calling this a no decision, a draw, because nobody died, nobody lost their lives. I'm up, no blame, but no credit here. So
0: two wins.
1: And one, no contest.
0: Love it. I uh, I uh, wholeheartedly agree. So, uh, thank you for that, and uh, can't wait to see what happens next week on the bow. <laughs> <laughs> how do how do we pronounce <laughs> this? <laughs> Barometer. All right. Uh, so at this point, uh, we also like to do. A little quiz, AJ, a little quiz and a little prediction. I, I, I think that's been a fun feature of our show, so let's yeah, yeah, keep it yeah. going. We're going
1: to do our little uh, trivia adjacent to the episode, inspired by the episode, not necessarily uh, trivia about the episode, because you know you all want to go on your IMDB and look up trivia on the episode. It'll be there. That's not what we're talking about here. Just a little fun little trivia questions here. Um, we're not going to do a prediction this week. I think this episode was not. Really, all that stand out. So we're just going to leave the predictions to lie this week. None this week. Um, Okay. We don't want to clog up the prediction with like you know. We don't want 322 predictions (laughs) by the time we're done here. So (laughs) it's got to be organic, and I don't feel that uh, you know anything I tried to do to squeeze one in here would just feel like a forgery. So I'm just going to pass for this week. Uh, All right. But I do have three questions for you. Question one. uh, We spent a lot of time with the bomber, Adrian Bale, in this week's episode. I want to ask you about soccer player Gareth Bale. Soccer player Gareth Bale, he has scored 33 international goals for what country? What country does Gareth Bale play for? Here are your choices. England, Northern Ireland, Scotland, or Wales. So I've narrowed it down for you to the U.K., (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, and I guess I can't say the UK because um, that's not a team. Um, all right. So, Gareth, I mean, why couldn't it have been like England, Spain, Brazil? It might have been easier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gareth Bale, AJ, and I say this with full and complete confidence, that I don't know what I'm talking about, plays for Wales.
1: Gareth Bale is Welsh. Well done. You get the point. (laughs) I I only picked it because it rhymed. They don't ask how, (laughs) just if. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) One for one. That's great. After coming off of last week's goose egg, that's already light years ahead. Let's move on to question two question two. Which of the following bombastic media personalities has never lived in Palm Beach, Florida? Three of these personalities have lived in Palm Beach, Florida. One has not. You pick the one who has never lived in Palm Beach, Florida. We've got A, Howard Stern, B, Dr. Mehmet Oz, a.k.a. Dr. Oz, C, Rush Limbaugh, or D Tucker Carlson.
0: Ah, uh, wow. This is This is a good question. Uh I didn't know Palm Beach was such a Apparently mecca
1: so, for, for a type <laughs> for bombastic
0: media personalities. Um but I'm going to go with just my which you probably put in there just to be the surprise answer. But I'm going to go with, since I know of Howard Stern as a New Yorker, I'm going to say he's never, he may have a place in Florida, but it's it's not anywhere near Palm Beach. He's, he's, he's elsewhere. I'm going to say it's Howard that Stern.
1: is a wonderful guess because it was one of the four options, but unfortunately is not correct. Tucker Carlson is a DC boy through and through. Howard Stern has a multi-million dollar mansion in Palm Beach, Florida.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Good for Howard.
1: Robin, have you heard about this bomber going around my neighborhood?
0: (laughs) Oh, Howard. (laughs) Wow. It's almost like I'm watching private parts.
1: (laughs) Uh, Indeed. Uh, Jamadi's in the other room. I'll call him in later. All right. And our final question. The question you've been waiting for. I know. My favorite question each week. It's the, what is the plot of next week's episode going to be? Question. Next week's episode is entitled Plain Sight. Plain Sight. That's P-L-A-I-N, not P-L-A-N-E. Plain (laughs) Sight. So, which of the following four potential plots are we going to be watching next week? On Criminal Minds, Season 1, Episode 4, Plain Sight. Is it A? A blind man is the only witness to a brutal stabbing. Is it B? People are found murdered with their eyes glued open by the unsub. Is it C? (laughs) The chameleon killer is on the loose, and he happens to be one of the cops helping the BAU. Or is, he, or is it D, three children are kidnapped on live television at a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Which one of these four is plain sight?
0: Hmm. Well, what I don't want it to be is probably what it is, which is the children at the ribbon-cutting ceremony. But I don't want it to be that. That sounds a little dull. Of course, the show may make it not dull, but just as a synopsis, I'm not excited or intrigued. I'm going to go with the one that I want it to be, which is, uh, if you can read option B, the one with the eyes uh, open. Uh,
1: people glued... are found murdered what was that? with their eyes glued open by the unsub.
0: Yeah, let's go with that. Glued well, open eyes.
1: I'm glad it's the one you want to see because that's the one that's going to be playing in plain sight. Indeed, people will be found murdered with their eyes glued open by the unsub. That is next week's episode. Well done. Two out of three. Oh. Bringing you up to uh, 44% for the uh, for the year so far. Not bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could be better. About 56% better, yes, <laughs> but, which it will never be because
1: you'll yeah. never hit 100 again. <laughs> but yeah, that's just very good.
0: Oh, well. Well, AJ, that was fun as it always is. And uh, I, 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 feel, I feel pretty good about my performance this week. We'll see how it goes uh, next week. And uh, folks, that is actually our show for the week. So thank you so much for joining us uh we hope you had a great time and if you have please be sure to subscribe to rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to spread the word and let your friends know about us you can also write to us at our email address which is felonious pundits at gmail.com aj thank you so much for another great week we shall talk next week and uh goodbye keep profiling
1: Wheels up! The greatest lesson in life is to know that even fools are right sometimes. Winston Churchill.